Hello, welcome to Flow with Flow. This intro is a little bit different just because we talk about some subjects I'd like to give warnings for. So we talk about miscarriage and abortion in quite a lot of depth. If that's not something you would like to listen to, I have plenty of other podcasts you can go over to. If you do want to listen, fab and on the Instagram, flow underscore wt underscore flow underscore, there will be links um, to helplines and more information if that is something you would like to access. I hope you enjoy having said all that and have a lovely time listening to my voice. Ah, over to Flo in the studio. I forgot to say that bit. Hello. Do I have everything on? Yes. You have such a clear camera. Do I? Yeah, you do. I'm quite jealous. I clean the little hole. Maybe I need to do that. (laughs) No, no. Still quite dark. That's okay. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, you know. it's. I've just had some raspberries for my breakfast. Nice. Good start to the day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You just like woke up around an hour ago something like this or I was I overslept I woke up at about 11 mm-hmm. I ate some raspberries I got ready mm-hmm. for the day I'm feeling quite good yeah that sounds lovely yeah yeah, well, yeah what have you done so far what have I done so far well many things um yeah I wish I could still sleep up to yeah. 11 but the older I get the less I get to sleep more responsibilities um, kick in no, but I think like there is something about your body that changes that like you don't manage to sleep longer for some reason. Don't quite know what that is, but but I'm sure there's studies on that somewhere. Oh yeah, definitely. But I also know like people that are older than me that can easily sleep up to twelve. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's always an anomaly. Yeah, I I see the pattern. Yeah, yeah, I can still sleep for hours. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what are you working on at the moment? At the moment, um, a lot of things as usual. (laughs) It's always like doing a thousand things at the same time. Um, Well, at the moment right now, I'm preparing for um, my project, me and my friend Amarna. Uh, we recently got funding. Um, we haven't announced it yet, but I guess I'm doing it now. Here's an announcement, everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're like preparing to go into the studio, uh, which is going to happen in like a few weeks. Um, so we're doing all the prep, emailing all the people, confirming spaces, um, looking at accommodation, stuff like this. And um, yeah, hopefully like it's mainly like logistics uh mm-hmm. prep at the moment but from next monday well tomorrow um we're gonna sit down and do the creative prep which is nice. way more exciting than the logistics so much more exciting than finding hotels yeah yeah definitely although i love that <laughs> <laughs> do you wanna talk to us a little bit about what the project is yeah of course um so the title at the moment and i think it will be staying like that but it's called our choice mm-hmm. um so the work uh, is about mine and amarna's experience with abortion um 
this work like started in our brains um, four years ago, I think, um, when we start to talk about our experience with abortion, uh, which was by chance. And I'm so grateful for that day. Because um, basically what happened, we, we were in a changing room and Amana just performed. And I was speaking about, I was late with my period and she was like, oh, two weeks is a long time to be late. And I was like, ah, yeah, maybe, but you know, stress, traveling, I've been touring, um, been working my body really hard. So maybe it's just that. And I remember her saying, well, if you find out you're pregnant um, and you do want to have an abortion and you need some, somebody to talk to you about um, that, she said, I had one when I was much younger. So feel free to like, you know, give me a call and then we can talk about it. And that was the start of our journey of speaking about abortion. And from there on, we had a lot of conversation and a lot of um, light bulbs moment where we were like looking at like reproductive rights across the globe and like recognizing our privilege um, based on where we live um, of accessing like free abortion. Like I remember when I was booking mine, um, yeah, I was on the phone with someone for five minutes and they booked me an abortion for the next week. Uh, I had counseling, free counseling, all was free. And I walked to the clinic here in Leeds. Um, it was a smooth experience and painful, but smooth experience. And um, yeah, so we were like, how, how can we share this uh, knowledge that we gain? Because also looking around, we were like, if I didn't have Amarna um, offering her knowledge of the experience to me, of course, now I know I know a lot of people that had abortions, but we don't speak about it. And like one in three people with wounds in their life will experience an abortion. So like, if you look around you, some people already had it or will have it in their lives. So we just don't speak about it. We don't know because um, we are conditioned by society to not speak about it. Um, so, yeah, we were like. Also, I was personally confused about my experience because I remember um, the first thing, especially when you haven't Googled enough abortion on your computer. Now the search comes up with much different things. But at the start, it was just such negative feedback about like abortion experiences and a lot of like anti-abortion groups. And yeah, it was like really not reflective of the current public opinion about abortion. And also it was so narrowed down to negative experiences which is five percent of actual abortion experiences like there is studies that say 95 percent of people um have like find relief and like they're really glad and say i made the right choice and yeah and of course like there are um some experiences that are more complex and painful and they're valid they exist they happen and they're a vital piece of like the bigger 
you know, human experience that they're there and they're valid and should be talked about. Um, but when you look at the topic and you look at the first thing that come up on a search and you see that the, the, the stronger thing is that 5%, like you, I was, I personally conditioned myself in thinking before I had my experience, I was like, this is how it is. It's going to be the worst thing that is going to happen in my life. And I'm a failure and I should feel a lot of sadness and grief. And um, yeah, I feel myself. And yeah. And then I remember like going through it and I was like, why am I not feeling this sadness? Why I'm not feeling this struggle that people felt? Why is my dif like experience different? Because all I felt was huge relief. I was like recent graduate and I was like, I, I have my hands and the journey. Sorry, I have my life back in my hands and the journey that is taking back in my hands. And I can decide this time what path is going to take rather than having something uh, conditioned that. Um, yeah, so I think that that's where we started with the piece. And um, yeah, I could talk about this forever. So I'm trying to like. No, and thank you so much for sharing that. It's, I think yeah. it's, I'm sure for, like you say, one in three people with wombs, yeah. it's so important to hear people talk about it. I mean, yeah. I say even in the dance space, like I don't hear many people speaking about it and I guess it is something that's filled with these levels of shame and everything like that mm -hmm. yep um so even having one person on here speaking about it I'm sure will help loads of people so oh yeah 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 it was it's incredible how um because when me and Amarna started doing this project obviously we were like very vocal and like active in in speaking about it and we put it out there straight away and as soon as we did that we got like so many friends and people we knew like that we know they were like oh I also had an abortion and like so many literally so many more than I could ever expect and I was like yo why are we not talking about it like and like so many just go through it by themselves with all these thoughts with all this society like stigma and like not quite knowing how to feel with not enough support because they feel like they can't talk about it and especially like another thing that we were looking into like it's like in the dance industry we work with our body and abortions or miscarriages happen like they happen every day to a lot of people and we're not really looking into how do we deal with this with our body in in a job that requires us to be physical um so for this second round of R&D, we're actually working with One Dance UK to, um, yeah, bring a bit of light in these experiences and how we can um, shape some kind of, kind of like care pack or, um, yeah, help people, but also organizations and companies to have not a rule of conduct, but like some, some good things that can help people uh, go through this experience while working with their bodies what they might need uh, time softness uh, yeah stuff like that yeah. what's the process working with one dance looking like 
well so far we just had the most initial conversation uh, but um, they have a health and well-being team uh, which works with uh, academics a lot and doctors uh, that do research um, so I believe we'll yeah have a team of experts of course and um, that will help us uh, shape this and like also like they were quite important about um, if we have to collect uh, experiences from people obviously like um, doing it in an ethical way and not exploiting people experiences and having everything like surrounded by with care uh, which is also like a really strong um, aspect of our work that you and Amarna are doing there's a lot of care put into it because um, for, for us it's easier now to talk about it but we know that um, it wasn't like that four years ago uh, the way we talked about abortion and reproductive rights was very different um, and we know that uh, for some people even just the word can be startling um, so we're taking in consideration all of these things and we want to yeah have a, a, a piece of work that is yeah enveloped in care for us as performance for the audience and everybody involved in the project and yeah mm -hmm. amazing yeah so, so cool <laughs> and working yeah. with researchers as well i think that's going to be incredible and i think that's like there's so few industries and spaces that have a little rule book or something like that to help people yeah. um womb right if you mm -hmm. will yeah so how exciting you get to be at the forefront of that yeah i know i'm really excited i feel like um oh what is it called uh the pinky and the brain or something like that is a cartoon with the little mouse two little mouses mices I know what you're talking about I yeah can't, you know when someone can't remember something so then you instantly can't remember it either yeah it's like fine that. but that cartoon where yeah. they plan they plan more evil things but like that's not what we're doing but like we feel me and Amarna like we're strong in this like activism and like we're like how how can we like yeah help change like bring change to this thing but obviously like we can't do it just ourselves with our dance piece so who 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 has a bigger platform who can help us and obviously like start from home okay cool start from the dance industry that's what we know that's what we're in and I know a lot of people in it that will benefit from such information solidarity and care from it so um yeah yeah, it is really exciting. I'm chuffed that we even got to be like partnering with them. So, yeah. Yeah. Of way you're looking at the abortion, is it like um, sort of a political view, a very personal view? Yeah, we quite don't know yet. We looked on everything we we did one stage of r&d at the moment um 
where we looked at everything. Uh, so we looked at uh, under the lens of like history. Um, so first records of abortions in Egyptian times and natural like methods of inducing abortions, um, physical exercise. Um, yeah, there were like lots of stuff and like how then that became like, so basically abortion was fine and practiced for many, 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 many years. And it was a personal thing. There were doctors that did it or people that knew how to do it and you'll talk to them and you'll do it. And it was like, it's, it was something that was fine to have, especially like when we talk about um, families with too many kids already. Back in the days, like retaining wealth in the family, like you only have so much resources to feed people in your family. And if you run out of food, then it's not good. So um, that was it. And so that was mainly for like, um, yeah, poor, poorer people. And then there were the rich people that they were the opposite. They were like, I have all this wealth that I do not want to share with anybody else. And if I have too many kids, I won't be able to go to my banquets and theater and da, 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 da. Um, this, speaking about Roman times. Um, yeah, so there were different reasons and different agendas and for why people were trying to, um, yeah, contain population and contain like people that they had to feed basically. Uh, and then that started to change because then at one point there was the need for more people. So when there were, there were wars, uh, they needed more people fighting or they were like expanding agriculture and so we need more people working. Um, yeah, so like then politics came in. So we started looking at politics and laws. And like currently in the UK, actually abortion is illegal still, like looking at law. So there's a law that was made like, in, when was it like, oh, I should look at my research again. But like, it's like 1920s sometimes then, uh, or something like that. And basically says that like abortion is illegal per se. Uh, unless you have permission from two doctors to practice it. And it's so, so old also because like when you actually do to go to the clinic to have your abortion, you don't see two doctors. That is all like bureaucracy that gets done by signing kind of thing. It's you see one person that deals with you and that's it. So like there's no need. You don't need permission for actual two doctors. It's just like basically to make it harder and to like contain the ways that, um, yeah, abortion is accessed. Um, yeah, because there's been studies and studies and they say that abortion pills, for example, are super safe. They're safer than Viagra. So you can, yes, get your telephone appointment and get your pill and take it at home. But, yeah, is there so much restraint on 
how you're able to access abortion, even in the UK where we can access it for free, but you have to jump through the hoops, basically. Um, yeah, so we look at politics, we look at history, we look at like um, actual medical uh, processes, how the um, procedure happens, the different type of procedures. Um, so yeah, that's the, the basic research we've done. And then we started to approach it. And like, there was a lot of humor uh, while we were like practicing in the studio. Um, I think we, we, we had to find humor because when you start reading about the patriarchy controlling uh, wounds, it gets angry really quickly. Like we were, we needed to have dance breaks. So like read and read and read and you just get charged up with all this anger and just frustration. And we had to have dance break and just put a song on and just like shake it out to like bring ourselves back to like, this, this is why we're doing it. So let's keep doing it. Um, yeah, I think I've lost myself a little, but yeah, so humor. Uh, is another thing we, we're looking into. Uh, we're looking at uh, dystopian and utopian worlds uh, in order to show um, reality. Find like, yeah, we find that a lot that like if you show somebody a dystopian world um, and a utopian world of something, you grasp reality very quickly uh, and where we actually what we actually have and what what it could be like the the better version of what it could be and the worse version kind of makes you see where you are um I think it's perspective quite clear where the world's at with abortions at the moment mm, yeah <laughs> yeah thing. yeah you look one way and it's great and you look one way is awful and it's all happening on the same planet yeah and I guess that's the other thing it's free in England and then you look at all these other places and you know and recently in America yeah it's, it's even more terrifying yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's very bad very very bad and I think like us getting funding and making this piece could have been better timed by the universe because now more than ever I think there is more eyes on the topic and possibility for change I think. So can I ask you mentioned that it was harder to speak about four years ago mm -hmm. than it is today yeah uh, is that more because as you say it sort of it feels like it might be getting a little bit bleaker now is that more just because personal, it's getting easier for you personally? Or do you think online and in the world there was a more just negative perspective? Mm -hmm. I think a bit of all of those things you just mentioned. Um, I think the main, the main one is personal. So I, I had to unlearn a lot of things. Uh, that I've learned like I, I grew up like Catholic going to church and 
I remember myself, the younger version of myself, saying, abortion is wrong. Life is precious. If I get pregnant ever, I'm going to keep it no matter what. I said that. I did it. And then and it's until it happens to you that you change your mind. You're like, whoa, I can barely afford my 160 pounds room rent. Like, how am I going to feed another person when I can barely feed myself? Um, yeah. So it changes very quickly. And so that was the first change of perspective. And so it took me a while to, um, yeah, unlearn those things and understanding like, why am I feeling like this? But I think like that. And this mixed feelings that were happening and, uh, and being able to vocalize and finding the, the, the terms and the, the words to explain it. Um, it was a long process from like brain and heart happening inside for a long time until like I managed to find the words. And then a lot of it was not knowing enough about it and being ashamed of saying it because I was scared of people reactions. And like, yeah, this is something that I'm noticing even now, like when I do speak about it with people, I'm always like, looking at the reaction and we are con like most of people when I say I had an abortion they're like oh I'm so sorry because because we are conditioned to think like oh it must have been really hard some people don't some people don't have an emotional reaction you don't need to yeah like to feel sad yeah but that's what we think in society um, is expected from that experience and it's one way only and so we, we like, we react to that. And at the same time, somebody, you can tell them, if they tell you, like, you tell them I'm pregnant, their reaction is like, yay, congrats. And you're just like, well, actually, I don't want to keep it. <laughs> you're like, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're conditioned to like procreate. Yay, great thing. And like not being pregnant or like, you know, that's, yeah, bad. So, um. Obviously, you haven't really gone through the One Dance UK whole thing yet. Mm -hmm. But like you said, one in three people with wounds have an abortion. How, do you have any advice for people that are holding spaces, creating work with dancers in it to create an environment where it is a, it's an open conversation and it's a safe conversation and people can have an abortion and get support um, and how you treat holding the space a little bit differently or adapt or anything like that? Mm. Um, hmm, good question. I think it, because it's such a personal experience, uh, you just have to talk to that person. If you first think, I guess, there's, there's a bigger societal change that needs to happen to be able to even feel like you can talk to people you work with about you going through an abortion. So I don't know, unless you start every process saying, if anybody goes through an abortion, let me know, we can, uh, you know, help each other out and make 
make the work environment uh, be adaptable in, in, in what we do and to support your experience. Um, yeah, so at, at the start, uh, yeah, unless you say it every time. Um, but if, if, if somebody feels open to say, I, I'm pregnant, I don't want to be, I booked an abortion, it's going to happen this day. Um, I guess you don't know until you do it, how it's going to feel like. For some people, it's very, very painful and draining. Uh, and they can be in pain for two, three days after. Some people are just fine. Zero pain, maybe a little cramp, and then they're good to go. So it's, it's a very personal experience. It depends also what type of abortion you have. Is it medical or the surgical? It's not actually not kind of surgical, but yeah, the not the non-medical one um yeah you need to check physically emotionally where you at and i think it's it's a conversation to have and it's all about like what you need you might not know what you need now okay cool let's speak about it later but as long as people know that you're going through an abortion or I mean, same things for miscarriages um you just need to listen to your body really and see what's available but I think like for people holding spaces like listening and adapting um yeah and offering that support which we might not look how we might we might not know how it looks like and what is it gonna be but I, I guess the the you know the support and being open and adaptable and listening to what the needs are um, I guess it's a good step for creating that uh, care and safe practice in the studio. Quite like, quite nicely. I had a conversation with Jo Shelley, Eva. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, where we were talking about you don't know what's safe. You can't know what's safe. Yeah. I guess it's the same thing. You can't know what's safe for someone. It's just finding that out in yeah. an open way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just ask, I guess. And uh, yeah. Amazing. This is yeah, what a what a powerful piece to be making. Mm. Is that part of a big movement? Yeah, thank you. Exciting. Yeah, very, very, very exciting. And then we've been talking about this for ages and I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's something that you need to delve into. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and then moving on slightly, where did you train? Mm -hmm. and what happened after your training that got you to a point here where you're making your own work and that sort of thing? Mm -hmm. um, so I trained a Laban for mm -hmm. my BA. And then I did Verve. Uh, so I graduated in 2016 um yeah and i remember graduating and being like what now being the stage that you'll be in a year and some people are right now and this continues on forever but it, i recognized that moment and i was like what shall i do what shall i do and then i was like maybe i should move to berlin because some some of my friends were moving to berlin and i was like maybe i should also move to berlin and then i was like but why? 
<laughs> I was like, why am I moving to Berlin? And then it, and it was like, do I have the money to move to Berlin? Do I want to start all my networking from scratch? I was like, no, maybe it's not for me. I don't feel that strong actually going out and want to just follow a trend. Like, and I was trying to find what I liked. Um, because I see how like my perception of an interest about dance changed and morphed throughout my four years of training. And I was like, I still don't quite know <laughs> what I like. So for me, I decided I am going to stay put in Leeds also because I've seen the difference between living in London and in Leeds. And for me, it was so much better to live in Leeds. Like it was small i can walk everywhere i can meet my friends for a pint if I, I, I call them right now and be like are you free yes are you free next week in london it was like scheduling like three four weeks in advance didn't quite have the money to go to the pub um it was a lot more hustling that i wasn't willing to do like um, that i was mainly focused on how easy it is to go to the pub yeah that's, like, kind of, that's how i base my life as well yeah, but like it's that social aspect of your life as well, besides going to the pub, it's just like I can have a social life. And if I'm working in Leeds, I finish at five and half five, I'm home. And in London, that would have taken like an hour commute. And I was just like, wow. It's like, I like it here. I am going to stay. And yeah, it, for me, it was very important to, I think, have a cheap base because then you go to work to places anyways. Uh, and even with the companies I work with in London, they're like London-based, we hardly rehearsed in London because like there's not as many free residencies that has there outside. Um, so we'll be one week here, maybe one week in London, and then the other four or five were everywhere else. So I was like, I, I don't see the point in being in London myself. And I, if I liked it, that would be a different conversation. But I didn't even like it. So I was like, well, no yeah, I'm going to stay. Yeah, so I stayed in Leeds. Uh, I had a rather cheap rent. Um, I had a side job. I was working for an event company. Um, I was doing like promo work. And I worked for that event company for four years. Um, and then I started doing their bookkeeping as well. Because uh, it's something that really, I remember that one accountant coming to Laban to give us a class about taxes, which I now run a Northern, funny enough. Um, yeah, and that just clicked in my head. There's something in my brain that was like, this is easy. This clicks really easy. You can do this. So I started doing bookkeeping for this event company. So I was in close contact with their accountant and I was asking them questions. So I was learning for their business and I was learning for myself. Um, and it was great. I really enjoyed that work and uh, the people as well. I was having a great time. So yeah, I was doing my side job, which was very flexible. They were very open. If I was like, oh, I just got a last minute audition, I gotta go. They were like, okay, cool, bye. Uh, so I was auditioning for everything. I was up, wait, I was applying for everything and auditioning for anything I was invited to. And um, 
yeah, I was going abroad. I was everywhere in, in the UK because I didn't quite know what I liked. So I was trying to find out, um, yeah, what, what I liked. And I remember like this really long trips on the bus from Leeds to London to go to auditions. Um, yeah, I've done lots of those. Um, yeah, and then yeah, the auditioning process uh, started to morph. So, being more selective with what I was doing, and then also like in terms of like wow, the resilience I had in all the no's. I must have got like a hundred no's. First being invited, and then no, first not getting invited, then getting invited but not getting the job. So all those no's. And then I started to get the last two and not being the one picked. And then, and then I started to get jobs. I, in the wild time, I was also getting some jobs, of course, because I was working. But um, the resilience in that and like the learning in not taking that personal. Because um, if I look at those jobs I didn't get, probably I wouldn't have liked them. Or maybe there was somebody that was best suited. And that's fair enough. We can't do everything and be great at everything. And yeah. So that was a big learning, the audition process and the, release, the resilience and not taking no's personally. Um, it's easier said than done, but it happened. Um, yeah, and to now being in a place where I don't audition as much and I keep working with the people I already worked or is a word of mouth kind of thing and people email me saying, oh, I spoke to da-da-da um, and they ask your availability and if it works so, or, yeah. So that was a journey in itself, the, how to get the job. Uh, yeah. And now and then I worked. Um, yeah, it's been six years of freelancing now. I love freelancing. Um, I know most of graduates or people that are about to graduate, they're dreading it. Yeah. Um, but I love it. I absolutely love it. And I like the, the changing of um this week I'm in London and I'm working with so-and-so on this thing. And next week I am in Leeds working for this other choreographer. And next week I'm in Avignon performing a work that I learned in three days. And I'm doing 10 performances in this major festival. It, it's just like every week is a different experience and is a new group and you meet so many more people and great artists and it's inspiring. I, I, I feel like I constantly feed myself with things I like and I keep learning and I keep experimenting and being curious. Um, yeah. So I love freelancing. <laughs> it sounds amazing to me. I can't picture anything better than freelancing. And mm -hmm. as long as you're, I guess the fear is the lack of stability. Yeah. I think I've mentioned before, obviously a lot of people's families are very against that lack of stability. Mm -hmm. It's scary for an individual, yeah. but Guess what? Once you get into it, this, it sounds phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy. Like it, it sounds like it. It comes with, you know, that all the nose that you have to go through. Um, 
and being being smart uh, about what else can you do. Like if I look at my friends, like all the side, the different side job that people has come up with. Like, like for myself, I was like, okay, I I got this grasp on bookkeeping. I created a whole system for myself. I can teach this. I can pass this to like graduates so they at least know what to do. Because a lot of people like, yeah, you you come out and you just go to your first job and they're like, are you registered as self-employed? And they're like, what? He's like, send me an invoice. And I'm like, a what? And he's just like, yeah. So I had the system I could teach. I I did um, high school. I did graphic design. So I was like, okay, I know some graphic design. Um, I know my way around social media. I can do that. Now I'm rehearsal directing. But like, I know some of my friends, uh, I don't know, a couple of my friends are really good in interior design. And they live in Oslo and they found out this like amazing website, which is like kind of like Amazon and you know, Amazon uh, Facebook marketplace. But they get these like free pieces of furniture, restore them, make them nice and sell it for a lot of money. And, you know, get smart about what you know and like what in what other interests do you have and that you good at that you could use to make money. And I don't know, like babysitting. If you know another language, you can teach another language. My friend, Danish friend, she was teaching like business people in London, um, Danish, because they needed it for work. And she was like, I'll teach you. So that she became like a Danish teacher. Um, what else? Um, oh, people uh, painting houses. You know, maybe students even sometimes they... You need to repaint your house or like people moving out of houses, just like a lot of people don't want to do it themselves and they pay people. So just like all you need to buy is the paint and the roller and go and do that. But there's lots and lots of like other side things um, that you might have and you're good at. Like you doing a podcast, you know, I wouldn't even know where to start. I didn't. So, <laughs> well, are you doing it? It's happening. Yeah, it took a couple months, but it doesn't make you any money. I'll just put that out there. I know, I know, but you know, eventually, maybe, or it's still a skill. Yeah. And it teaches you a lot of skills like editing and things like that, social media. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would say like definitely is, is a big advice I would give to recent graduates like, what else have you got? that could make you some money what are the skills transferable skills from your training or uh, other skills that you have you know just buy an Elsa costume and go and do some kids party entertainment I don't know <laughs> there's loads there's loads literally a side hustle if you're creative enough yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah brilliant thank okay. you so much I feel like you've given so much and I really appreciate the conversations around abortion. I think that will mm -hmm. mean a lot to a lot of people. And mm. yeah, it's so nice to have people talk about it a bit more openly. Yeah. Um, and I was going to ask actually, when you finished your study with One Dance UK, will that sort of guidance be somewhere people can access? Um, I think, yeah, the aim is that they'll have it on their website. 
and yeah because like the thought was also there's a lot of like students that they're not from the UK and they come and study here and have no idea how the medical system works and I guess the the, the biggest like dance organization in the UK should be able to um, offer this kind of information on their website and yeah so hopefully it'll, it'll, it'll be there yeah Oh, definitely. Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I have like um, a little section on my website as well in Our Choice, which is the title of the piece. Um, there's like a booklet as well. Uh, it's called DIY Doula. Uh, it's basically like self-care for like before, after and during abortions. Uh, it's just really nice. And like if you are going through an abortion and you do not want to tell anybody but you also don't quite know what to do that is a really nice um little booklet and you can find it on on my website and there's a bit of help yeah is it right if i share that on my instagram yeah yeah of course 100%. amazing and are there yeah. any um like any other help sites things like that that i could tag in the video i think sometimes yeah. that's nice you've spoken about something that's a bit heavy for some people yeah definitely yeah yeah 100% that yeah uh, yeah so there's abortion talk which is another project partner that we have they run a talk line um can't remember which days of the week but they have an instagram and website with all information um so if you feel like you want to speak about uh, anything regarding abortion um you can give them a call. Um, yeah, this this is something that we are crafting as well for the piece, like some sort of care pack that we can give people after um, having to watch our piece or just being there available. And so far we've gathered definitely that abortion DIY doula uh, PDF uh, that we found and abortion talk. Um, talk lines are good yeah places to find some help and yeah for anyone that's listening to this I have my Instagram at the end and the beginning so you can go to that and there will be a link to all of these things yeah fabulous thank you so yeah. much what a pleasure. <laughs> thank you I'm sure I'll see you again teaching at Northern um maybe not this year because I'm about to get super busy but uh definitely next year yeah yeah, yeah. i'll and probably come and teach you uh taxes and like yeah how to do your bookkeeping and i need that because i am not <laughs> i've got no idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> amazing thank you and i hope you have a so, lovely rest of your sunday so do you fabulous yeah. see you soon bye thank you for listening to flow with flow again you can go onto the instagram and there will be links to all of the information and help me and stefania mention but yeah thank you very much for opening up and being so honest stefania and what a lovely conversation and i'll see you all next tuesday bye